Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're chatting with missionaries from across our country who are part of the Youth Unlimited YFC family. We'll hear their stories, why they do what they do, and how they're furthering God's kingdom in Canada. So make supper, hit the trails, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we are chatting with Jessica Shankle, who's a ministry staff member at Youth Unlimited YFC in Waterdown. We're talking all about the messy middle, seasons of waiting, seasons that don't feel as exciting as we want to, and waiting for that quote-unquote ending to our story. It's a great conversation, and you will love Jessica's heart as much as we do, so enjoy. Jess, welcome to the Work Friends podcast. Fun fact, this is like the second time that we've recorded this episode because the original file, audio file accidentally got deleted. So (laughs) welcome again. Thanks. I keep smiling and forgetting that it's just audio, but yay. (laughs) (laughs) I do that all the time. (laughs) Oh, well, to start things off, as you know, we're going to start with some fun facts. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Waterdown, lived there, lived in a house till I was four and then moved and was living in that house since as of like a month ago, I just moved to Ancaster, but Waterdown and Hamilton, whole life. Awesome. Mm -hmm. If you had a free day, what would you do? Um... I think, I think this is what I said last time, but it might change. (laughs) I really, really like just like wandering around places and like people watching and like poking around in stores and hanging out with a friend, getting some coffee, just like, I don't know, going to like a cute town or city or something like that. That's an ideal day. Love it. Next time you should hit up Listwell. (laughs) (laughs) I hear it's super exciting. (laughs) Yeah, cute isn't the word that comes to mind, but nice. There's a well, few I've cute heard good things. things. Yeah. yeah. Probably has good parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, I think loud chewers or slow walkers or drivers, to be honest. Like, which Ooh. is unfair. I know. I think I do it too, but like for some reason, it's just, yeah, really gets me going. Mm. (laughs) Next, uh, where's the next place you want to travel? Okay. Right before COVID, I was supposed to go to Scotland with my mom um, in like April, 2020. Obviously that didn't happen, but we are still counting on going someday. Still have the whole itinerary planned and everything like that. We're going to do like a little road trip kind of thing and try to navigate the Scottish roads and see if we can do it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's on my That'd bucket awesome. list. Oh, I'll let so you fun. know how it goes. Yes. Would love to hear. What is your favorite book? Okay. Um, I have a lot of favorite books, but my most favorite book recently is everything happens for a reason and other lies I've loved. I listened to the audiobook. It's by Kate Bowler. Um, I just found it. She actually just published a new book, which I haven't read yet, but probably good. Hmm. It's just about like she um, has like stage four cancer 
and kind of talks about like the whole Christian ideas behind like, you know, the whole everything happens for a reason and all these other like platitudes that people kind of say. And she just kind of throws this on its head and talks about grief and suffering, but she's also hilarious. So it's a very good book. (laughs) If you weren't working at Youth Unlimited YFC, what would you be doing? Um... Okay, when I was in high school, I really wanted to be an interior designer. Um, so I was really big into that. You know, you can get like these little websites where you can like plan out floor plans and houses. And like I used to do that like all <laughs> yeah. the time. And then I realized how much math was involved. And I was like, no, not for me. Sometimes I still think about <laughs> it, but that was a dream for a while. I think I'd be doing something like art related or design related, mm. maybe. That's awesome. Well, aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself. What makes Jess, Jess? Um, I kind of describe myself as like an overthinky, thinky person. Like I'm in my head all the time. Um, I love people, but I also still think I'm an introvert. Um, Literally up until like last week, I thought I was like an Enneagram 9, but my friend slash roommate was like, Jess, I have to tell you something. I actually really think that you're a type four <laughs> with a three wing. And I've thought this for a long time. And I was like totally in denial. And she's just like listing off all the reasons. She's like, this is why I think you're a four. And I'm like, you're right. You're totally right. And I literally so am like, funny. all I do is like talk about how like, oh, but I, I'm not a four. Sometimes I think I'm a four. And she's like, Jess, I think you need to accept that you are. And I know like this is ultimately like you're the one that has to decide this. But I'm like, she's so right. And everyone I've talked to saying this is like, yeah, you definitely are. Anyway, so for anyone who knows the ideogram, I think I'm a four. I'm coming around to it. <laughs> Anyway, um, I grew up going to church and private Christian schools for my whole life, like from kindergarten to grade 12, and then uh, took a gap year and went to Redeemer University. So I also did Christian school for university. Um, I think it was just like I always believed in God because there was no other, like there was no reason not to, I guess, because everyone else around me did. Um, but I would say I didn't really make my faith my own until I was in like probably second year at Redeemer where I started actually having a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're really looking forward to this conversation, even though it is the second time we're recording, we're excited (laughs) to see what has been the same, what has changed, continue to your heart because we love you. We love your story. We love what you do at YFC. And yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the messy middle and a few different things like that. But I want to kind of go back to the start. What did life look for you when you started at Youth Unlimited YFC? Um, so I was finishing up my fourth year at Redeemer. I was RAing like a resident advisor. So I lived with six, yeah, six first year girls um, in a house together. And it was like, the time of my life. It was so wonderful. So beautiful. I love those girls so much. I still do. They didn't go away. Um, (laughs) I just like really trying to enjoy my last year of school. I was like working on like my thesis and like all this stuff. So I was very focused there, but also like I'm graduating. I need to get a job. So my aunt uh, was on the cleaning committee at YFC Waterdown and was like, Jess, I don't know if you saw this job opening, but you should totally do this. 
And I'm like, this is my dream job. Like I know, <laughs> like I did psychology as my undergrad. So I was like, I know I want to do like a people thing. Um, I like youth. I'm really comfortable with that. And this job is like amazing. Like you kind of get to come in with your own ideas and dreams and just like mentor youth. So sign me up. So that's kind of the attitude I went in it with. Um, I don't think I really knew that what, like what it meant for it to be a ministry job per se. Like I'm not, that was very unfamiliar to me. So that was whole new territory. Like the, yeah, all of that stuff was new, but I kind of just went in. I don't think, yeah, I didn't think about it that much. I just thought this is great. I need a job. I'll do it. Which looking back, I was like, I probably should have prayed about it more. But I also think that like God has absolutely used this already and he will continue to no matter what happens in the end. Like, I don't think I had this like direct calling to ministry. Um, Yeah, but I think when we make decisions that are aligned with like the life that God wants us to live, like he will use all of our decisions. So I'm trying not Mm. to overthink it too much. Mm, yeah, I think it's it's kind of surreal the past year and a half because mm-hmm. time is such a weird thing, right? Oh, yeah, um, totally. I was like, yeah, well, like, we just recently had a, like, Southwestern Ontario YFC little gathering thing in a park. And that was literally mm-hmm. the first time we've seen you in person, like, since COVID. Yeah, um, it was wild. It's just crazy. <laughs> but when you... I see you were working for six months and then the pandemic hit. What has that been like for you? Yeah, definitely not what I thought I was getting into, but like everyone knows what that feels like now at this point. Just, yeah, unexpected. I think I was kind of just at the point of like, okay, like I know the programs I'm going to want to start, like this is how I'm going to do it, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously lockdown hits and I'm like, okay, this will just be like two weeks. It's fine. We can bounce back. Everyone knows how that story ends. Um, But you know, when you like (laughs) enter a new job and you have to do like the whole, like you're figuring out your place and your role and like you have to get comfortable and like know your way around the place. I feel like I was just getting to that point when COVID hit. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was difficult. Um, And then... I'd say I just kind of ended up doing stuff that I didn't think I would be doing when I first got the job, like working more with junior high. And I was like, I think I like older teens better. Like I like having deep chats and stuff like that. And I still do, but I just kind of ended up filling the spots that needed to be filled. So doing a lot of like ages 10 to 13 and stuff like that, because those are the kids that were coming out to our like Zoom hangouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. and needed other things to do to distract themselves. And yeah, I just, you come into a job thinking like, well, maybe not everyone. I did anyway, came in thinking, oh, this is what's God, this is what God is going to teach me through this job. <laughs> like I knew, <laughs> like I'm going to learn like how to like talk to teenagers and like be less insecure about it and be more confident. And God was like, no, I'm going to teach you about patience. <laughs> That's what we're going to learn. <laughs> so mm. yeah. And And I thought of it as like this break and eventually reality will hit again. It took a long time to adjust. Like, no, this is reality. And God is still Mm -hmm. working through this whole time. It's not just a pause. Like this is all part of what God intended right from the beginning. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's cool to see. I think probably a lot of people that work at YFC have some sort of similar story of God just sort of 
shifting little things here and there, but obviously a pandemic does that times a thousand mm-hmm. or more. <laughs> um, but it's cool to see how God has sort of shifted your heart in some of those things. And, you know, it kind of ties in beautifully to what we're going to talk about today because we love to hear stories of the happy ending. Um, I watched a TV show the other day and it didn't end in a happy ending. And I was like, what a rip. This is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like Uh it's realistic. And I (laughs) actually have that. But, you know, there there's always a process in the middle that actually I'm learning sometimes makes a better story and it's beautiful. And, um, you know, you've talked about the, the messy middle. So tell us about what you mean by this. I think when I, that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Um, when I like describe what I consider the messy middle or like also known as like the gray areas or the unanswered questions and things like that, like, it's just very like, uh, you don't know. I always summarize it like, I don't know. And that's okay. Um, this is in God's area and not mine yet. Maybe it'll cross over. Maybe it won't. I think they're a little plug for, for Lori Wilbert over here. I follow her on Instagram. She has like a blog. Um, you should look her up. I've heard just the quote itself. <laughs> Sorry. We got the intro. Okay, awesome. You can just do the reading the quote. All right. She writes, There's no sweet resolution to how difficult walking the journey in faith with love while anchored to Christ is. There's a reason that mushy middle, that's what she calls the messy middle, mushy middle. Mushy middle brings to mind slime and gunk and five-week-old tapioca pudding. It ain't pretty, folks, but it's the place Christians are called to inhabit more and more, I think. And she, she kind of writes that like in response to, she was writing a blog post on like, um, conflict, I believe it was. And just saying like, Christians don't be fooled by thinking that like, this is the right side to be on and everyone's wrong. Like there's a lot of times we think we put ourselves in those camps and just how dangerous that can be. So I think that's kind of what she was referring to just about like Christians are called to inhabit that space of like, yeah both of those things sometimes and just be able to be like there are good things and there are bad things and they work together and it's not neat and tidy and that's all we know (laughs) for you personally what has it um what is being in the middle of the mess looked like for you first of all I want to say that whole watching the tv show thing I feel like as I talk about this whole thing I I preach a lot about like oh like the middle is this beautiful beautiful thing but I'm a total hypocrite because I find it just as unsettling and like, it sucks when you're in it. And I think like, that's the biggest Mm -hmm. point. Like I keep talking like, yeah, we have to embrace the questions and all that stuff, but like, I don't enjoy it and I'm not good at it. Like when I'm watching a TV show, I want it to end happy too. From an artistic standpoint, I'm like, that was a great ending. But from like an emotional one, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I hated that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I feel like this whole messy middle thing is. And what was your initial question that you just asked? <laughs> Sorry. Just what has the messy middle looked like for you? Yeah. Okay. I think this middle looks like sometimes not having the motivation or excitement. You're not like inspired all the time. Um, lately, it's really been just being really tired and really overwhelmed. Um, and sometimes all I can kind of do is make it to the end of the day. Um, and just try to, in that time, look, look for those little happy, inspiring moments and just kind of appreciate them for what they are. Um, 
Yeah, I think Christians, like, we're really good at looking back, but we're not really good at sitting in the present sometimes. We love, like, when you hear, like, Christian testimonies and they're beautiful and inspiring, but it's always about, like, yeah, I'm at this good place now and we're so full of hope and look where I was and look where I am now. And that's great, but, like, if people go up and share testimonies of, like, I'm stuck, I don't know what I'm doing, I believe God is here, but that's all I know. Like that, we don't like to hear that as much. And I, yeah, I'm really passionate about like people being open about what they're struggling with because I think it allows others to do the same. It's just, Mm. it's a lot of I don't knows. Um, So when I'm in a middle, which I always am, I do a lot of journaling and I write (laughs) my journals. My journal entries don't really make sense because it's mostly just me rambling about all of the things that I don't know. But it's really nice because sometimes I'll write stuff um, and look back on it and be like, oh, like God, God was answering that prayer. And I thought I was in the middle of a mess and I was, but oh, God had a plan for it all along. And this is how he was working out. And it's really cool. Another big thing for me is just um, you asking the questions is really, really important. Like it's not this whole like. I think we have this tendency to say these like definitive statements and like, we like to make these claims and say like, Oh, this is what happened. This is what I'm learning. Um, but I think really God puts this in us to want to ask questions and to keep searching and to keep looking all the time. And I think my whole life feels like that a lot, but it's kind of beautiful. Um, yeah. And you're not always gonna be like, I'm meant to be here. I'm passionate and excited. Sometimes you can just sit there and, ask those questions and it's going to feel like you're dragging yourself through mud. And then other times it's going to be these light bulb moments going off and off and you're inspired and you're having an amazing conversation with someone and you go home and you feel great and you feel ready to take on the next thing. And then the next day you wake up and you're tired again and you don't know. And (laughs) that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about, I think especially during COVID, the like like serving and following Jesus in the boring mundane seasons of life is not that great sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's when it's really hard I mean when when life is hard things are hard obviously that makes sense but yeah when things are just kind of men and you're just kind of doing what you're doing and going to work and coming home and whatever else you fill your day with, it can be, it can be challenging. And this idea of being vulnerable first, like is freaking hard, (laughs) freaking hard. So for you, as you kind of impact this idea, how has this impacted other areas of, of your life? Oh yeah. I think it's like, uh, we're really uncomfortable with the whole tension of not knowing who we are or what we're doing. Uh, I think that's reflected in like Christian tendencies to try to tie bows on things. And also just in culture, like within the past year and a half, I don't even know how long it's been COVID times. Um, (laughs) And it's, it's a really big thing I see, like everyone kind of wants to like, you feel like I need to have a solid opinion on this topic or Mm. I need to know exactly what it is. I believe here. And there's all this pressure coming from everyone. And on top of that, it's like, I need to know exactly who I am and all of these things. And we need to categorize and we need to decide, okay, who's on my side? Who's on the other side? 
And we're so uncomfortable with the with uncertainty in the gray area that we're putting these boxes or we're putting ourselves in these boxes really prematurely, I think. You can see it like if you're on social media or something like that, like these little like Instagram graphics and it's like a complicated topic, but it's been put into like four slides or something. And it's a really helpful summary, but often people kind of just stop at the summary and they're not actually wrestling with anything. They're like, okay, I can, I can breathe now. I understand everything there is to know about this topic. I'm good. Um, and I just think that's difficult because we're, we don't want to think about it more than that because it feels gross. Like we don't like that. So we can kind of accept these like fake solutions really quickly just because it feels better and it's not natural for us to sit with things sometimes. And I think on top of all that, like we are absorbing through culture, like all of these kind of subliminal messages that things are easy to summarize and it is easy to know who we are. Um, Yeah. And then eventually we start thinking that about all of life. And I think that's kind of a problem. And we can try to summarize ourselves all we want. God's really the only one that's ever going to know all that we are. And I think it's kind of a lie that culture tells us that that is up to us. Um, Yeah, something I'm really guilty of as well. Like, I really like trying to, like, (laughs) label myself or be like, oh, this, I do this all the time. Like, my friend makes fun of me for this a lot. She's like, the one, the same one that told me that I was a type four, which is like, (laughs) I don't like being put in boxes. But the other day she said something, she's like, oh, you don't like being put in boxes. And then I corrected her and I was like, no, sometimes I like being put in boxes. And then after I was like, okay, that's ironic. Like you just told me that I didn't like that. And then I corrected you and said, well, no, that was a box. So I'm, I'm going to tell you that I didn't like that. I don't know if that makes sense. But things like that, like yeah. I suck at it. I really, really suck at it. Mm. But it's something I fall back in all the time. And I just think that's like, if that's the culture that we're absorbing all the time, it makes sense that that's what we're doing. Mm. So you get that mixed message along with it's possible and it's up to you and you're the only one who can do it. And no wonder people are overwhelmed. Like, Mm. that's crazy. Mm. What kind of a like, (laughs) oh man, yeah. So just seeing people trying to sort out themselves and also sort out all of the crazy tension and conflict that's going on in the world, world right now I just see that like that is a mess, but God is absolutely working through all of that. And he's doing something in each and every one of these people's lives and will redeem it. It just might be years. Mm. Like if we think about all the Bible Mm. story characters, like we read it in a couple of verses, but in reality, that was like 30 years. Like Jesus didn't start his ministry Mm -hmm. like until he was 30 or no, no, before that, whatever. Don't quote me on that. Or like Paul, I forget what the time it was between like Paul's conversion and when he actually started doing all the stuff that he writes the letters about there was like a big chunk of time in there and Mm. we forget that and God is obviously just because it wasn't in those verses doesn't mean God wasn't just as active it just Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think it's really interesting that our culture I've heard it described as we live in a microwave culture like we want things now right away Mm. versus like slow cooking (laughs) if you want to continue on that metaphor but like we want like instant gratification all the time and a lot of time that's what we get um yeah training ourselves in this is (laughs) not easy but it is refining it is really refining so thanks for speaking to this yeah I think it's funny because it's back to the microwave analogy it's like we want 
like a four course meal made in a micro like we want it timely but we we don't right. want a cheap version of it you know like we don't want Campbell's soup we want the good stuff but we want it to take as long as it takes to just heat it up like just the really high results of things like that so Oh, I love that. And then, and then you like complain that it doesn't taste as good as mother used to make or something. It's like, obviously it doesn't. Yeah. I refuse Uh, to wait for this and it doesn't satisfy me. I don't know how this can mm be. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of going back to what Jen just said about refinement. Where do you see God refining you? Uh, I feel like this is something I've been like touching on a lot, but it's an ongoing process that doesn't really have an end in this lifetime. I think human's lifetime is just living in this already, but not yet. Like until God redeems the earth and Jesus comes back, like we will always be struggling with these things. Um, Hence the word refinement, like that kind of implies like an ongoing process that is the word itself. And I always Mm -hmm. say like, Questions are the journey and process is the point. Um, And refinement is what draws us closer to God. I think the questions are what draws us nearer to God. I think if we knew all the answers, we would have no reason for God. Um, So with like what I was saying, when society tells us that they have all the answers, it gives us more and more reason to think that, oh, we don't need God. We have it all figured out. But as long as we have questions and as long as we're still looking then that's where we'll find God. And you know, it's like if there's someone that's struggling with their faith and they aren't asking questions and they aren't wrestling, like that's kind of when you start to lose more hope. But like if I'm talking to a youth and they're asking like the really intense big questions, I'm like, that's amazing. That's the best kind of situation we could be in. Like obviously there's still a part of them that cares and they're still looking. Um, And I think God will absolutely meet them in that. Yeah. And I think that's really where the Holy Spirit will intervene. And it's just exciting. Like, think if we didn't have, like, questions that led us to discoveries, that would be so boring. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I get really, really excited when I'm talking with someone and I'm like, whoa, I've never thought of things that way. Or, whoa, like, I've Mm. just discovered this, like, new attribute of God in a different way. Or here's something I've heard my whole life but it never made sense until right now. And those moments are so beautiful. And I think God's totally created us to, to have those kinds of moments because of who we are as humans. And he created humans and he knows that that's part of us. And it's just so important. And I really think we should never neglect that part. Mm. Mm. For you personally, what lessons or new understandings have you gained as you've wrestled with this? And again, I asked this question not to tie a bow around this um, because it's easy to do that. But yeah, as you reflect, is there anything that you've gained that you're like, "Mm, this is a nugget that I'm going to take with me? Uh, This is where I am really thankful for the journal. I feel like (laughs) it sucks though. Like lately I have not been nearly as good as at writing in my journal. And I really need to get back on that because I know how important that is for me to read back on old things and be like, whoa, like God was working in that. Um, yeah, I have like, <laughs> I was looking through my journal when I was prepping for this. And one entry I wrote was like, things I wouldn't have learned if it wasn't for what I keep calling my crappy year. <laughs> 
And like, those were like, I needed to like write this list out. Like if this year hadn't happened exactly how it had all of its struggles, all of its tears, I would not be the person that I am. And it's really important. And like, these are like minor things. Like, it's not like I went through these major life crises. Like this was like a standard stuff. I think like it was like anxiety and like some conflict with friends, being overwhelmed with school, like things that like the average person will go through. But God like changed my life in those little things. And I just think that's really cool and gives us all the more reason to talk about it. And when I'm saying all this, like as a little disclaimer, like I do want to make that clarification. Like it's easy for me to say these things having never gone through like massive like life crises. Um, Yeah, I know there's people that obviously go through like really, really difficult things. And I don't even think it's like possible sometimes for them to be like, oh, this is how God's refining me. And I think that's totally okay. Just want to put that out there. When I talk about this, it's like general daily life things. Uh, Yeah, but like in my journal entries, I have things like that. And then I have these little moments of realization, like you're like, I'm talking to God, like you're a lot easier to find when I have silence or fewer distractions. Um, I also wrote my expectations are humorously pathetic compared to God's plan and that me trying to control life to live up to my own ideas is futile. (laughs) And it's just, I love seeing like, oh, like God was drawing my attention to something and I wouldn't have gotten there if it hadn't happened exactly how that did. And that patience that I had and waiting sometimes like two years before that actually made sense to me or before it actually hit my heart instead of just my head that was a gift. Like the patience was a huge gift. I wouldn't have been able to do that without the Holy Spirit giving me patience. So, Yeah. I think that's such a, such a good thought. And wow, you're so articulate. I love your mind. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot that I need to continue to remind myself that there still continues to be refinement and gifts in this season. And I'll call it like particularly like the season of COVID there's different particulars to that season that are personal Mm -hmm. to me but over this grand scheme and I I was saying to some people yesterday you know when COVID first started I feel like we all had all these things we were still half excited about like we were like yeah it sucks and we're you know we're fearful and we're, we're anxious and we're you know bored or we don't know what's going on and we're isolated and all these things but I have time to try new hobbies. I have time to slow down. I had so many students say, I love the fact that my family hangs out. My parents have time for Mm -hmm. me. You know, there were so many good nuggets of things. And and it was really cool to see how even in a difficult time, there was so much goodness and resetting and slowing down. And that's still the case. But I think now in this season, how we've been in this for a while and we're exhausted and everyone's angry and I find it increasingly more difficult to see the gifts of God's goodness now. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you did good things at the beginning, but it's been a year and a half now. Like, I'm sick of giving thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yet God is still doing a good thing. And so, yeah, continuing to remind myself of these things. And I'm going to have to write down some of those quotes in my journal that I can look back <laughs> on. <and remember. laughs> Also, another full disclaimer, I feel like half the stuff I say, I'm just regurgitating other nuggets of wisdom I've heard from other people. Please don't give me the credit, but like, there you go. That's often how it is, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of go back to, you know, just God's view over our view. You know, we can look back on this year and say, 
yeah, these things were difficult or these things were mundane, boring, the middle, the process, etc. But God was doing a good thing. And we wanted to ask you specifically about sort of how this pertains to a view of success. Um, and there can be Christian views of success or markers or things to check off a box or a guide to follow that, I mean, are not always bad, but maybe (laughs) put people into boxes a little bit, um, as well as just society's version of success. And you need to do X, Y, Z in order to be meaningful or in order to be successful. And, you know, particularly with school, that's like something that we come, um, into that thing. But, uh, yeah, just give us your thoughts on that topic about, you know, what does it mean to actually have success or to, to combat those ideas of what is successful? This is, yeah, this is an interesting one. I think in, in culture, society, and I, we were talking about that earlier, but, um, the idea that like the ultimate goal in life is to attain happiness And happiness can be reached by having the best version of yourself or the truest, most authentic version of yourself. I think that's kind of how society, like, I don't know if you guys agree, like, that's kind of how I feel it's summarized. Like, that is the ultimate goal that people work towards. Um, Yeah, and that's reflected in a lot of how people function. I think in Christian culture, it's really influenced by that as well. Um, except it's all like you, you check off like the life milestones basically. And then the rest is just like, you get into a good stable job where you can glorify God through your work, um, serving in your church. Like basically, like, I feel like it's a lot of checking boxes. Um, and if that doesn't happen right away, like, it's not like people come down on that. But I, I think there's kind of like these unwritten rules sometimes that can be really difficult. And there's sometimes kind of like this, this image of like the ideal like Christian woman or like things like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very like there's a personality. There's like this, this vibe that this person gives off and they're like gentle and they say these wise things and they're really good at like making cookies and like all these things. And then if you don't fit into that it can be really difficult um which is this is like a whole other topic I just think like I don't know if you call that success but there's these ideas that people wrestle with that's like okay things aren't neat and tidy I'm not going through this chronologically like other people do and ooh, someone made a weird face when I said that and like (laughs) people are uncomfortable when when we kind of stray off that path and I don't I don't mean like stray off the path like you know but like the prescribed like societal path, I guess, <laughs> if, my, if that makes sense at all. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. all these ideas that like, I think it's really, really important to distinguish like what does God want from us versus what everyone around us wants from us and the expectations we put on ourselves or that we feel mm-hmm. from other people. Yeah, like if we are not like reflecting and praying on that all the time, it's really easy to get those things mixed up and like God, Mm. like success through God's eyes for us is to live life as a faithful servant to him. And that's it. Like, and to like all the things that come along with that, obviously, but he doesn't have these like prescriptive things for us to do. He just wants us to be like loyal followers of Jesus and to share that with others. 
I don't know if that's like an adequate summary, <laughs> but like that obviously like that leaves so much room for that to look so different. And yeah, I just think it's really important to like bring it back to those roots as often as we can. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in it. Like you said, I guess you're talking like, oof. Yeah, <laughs> even getting distracted with good things. It's really mm-hmm. easy to lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing. No, no, no. Like, I feel bad. Like, as I'm listing off all those things, like the Christian boxes, like, those are really, those are good things. And like that, like when I was describing like the Christian woman, like, that exists and they're amazing people and I love them. I just sometimes feel like that's absolutely not me. Like, I'm not good at like being polite and proper and like all those things all the time. And I'm like, that's cool. God created us with different personalities. We should be like owning that and like using that for him. And yeah. Yeah. I really appreciated what you said of like, God wants you to be faithful to him. Not every, God's not calling everybody (laughs) to be a doctor, you know, like God's not calling everybody to be fill in the blank. Um, and yet, regardless of the season that you're in or as you try to figure out what you're going to do and, and and as that pull of success keeps, um, yeah, like it is very real at the end of the day. Where It's like Kevin often says, what is God doing and how does he want you to join mm-hmm. him? Like just being aware of that question and as you kind of walk through life is is really good. Okay, well, final question. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Okay, this is this is funny, I think, because that after the first time we recorded, I was trying to share this quote from my friend that always says this. And then afterward, I went to her and I was like, what is the quote? I could not remember. But I got to ask her now because we were recording it again. She always says like, oh, you have, I think this is wrong or right. If it's wrong, this is embarrassing. Sorry to Megan, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> talks about getting a case of the shoulds. And just like when you put these expectations on yourselves or on others, like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. She's really, really good at like noting that and calling that out because I do that a lot and I really appreciate it. Um, Mm. Another thing I always like this hits me, but like the whole like not everyone needs to like you all the time. (laughs) That's something I like to remind myself of (laughs) sometimes, which goes along with the whole expectations thing. I think. Those are things that I got to come back to a fair bit. I don't know if that's like a nice, like quotable advice thing, but it's certainly good advice that I've heard. So I have this quote written down and I forgot to write down who the quote is from, which is not good. (laughs) Maybe, do you guys do like show notes? Maybe I can find it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Then I'll read it because I really like it. Um, I know it's a male. He writes... I want to beg you as much as I can, dear sir, to be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like lock rooms and like books that are written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Mic drop. That summarizes our conversation very well. Mm -hmm. I thought so. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here, Jess, for doing round two with us. I feel like it's a blessing to us because we get to hear a couple more of the nuances and things. And so we have enjoyed it and just hearing your heart and your wisdom and just your love of Christ. And thank you for, yeah, your heart, your mind. Thank you for all the work that you do, the way that you have been faithful to what God has called you to and for being here with us today. 
Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you will not want to miss. So make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using so that you never miss a Monday episode. Also, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friends. And if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave a review so that we know you guys are enjoying it. Until next Monday, have a great week. Toodaloo. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> voice cracked. I don't I think my voice I don't know what happened there but have a great week <laughs> story of my life <laughs> <laughs>